one. And we are recording. I'm excited. I just got a, I just got, I just got a, uh, you know, that's great. Well, Justin, welcome. Uh, I'm Devin. Uh, we're going to just do a conversation here. And, and, and this is my third of these kinds of things. So we'll see if anybody enjoys them. I hope they do. Uh, for some background, Justin works in, uh, if you don't mind me speaking for you real quick, as an introduction, Justin, uh, in outdoor uh, um, uh, pursuits. We know each other from Ski Patrol. We met as ski patrollers just in uh, last season and probably moving forward, but I'd have to get into it, uh, is, the, uh, is, is, is a uh, uh, patrol director, one of, one, of a, one of a group of patrol directors in Mount Shasta Ski Park. Uh, I do a lot of river rafting, uh, if that's fair to say, and I certainly know a lot of climbing. I, I do know better than, than speaking to your river rafting experiences. I know you've done a lot of climbing. So that's always been something that's been, that's been intriguing for me, knowing that there's a wealth of experience that, that I've had, I've had, you know, some jaunts into, and I could tell you about my experiences, but, but I, I recognize that, that the things you are interesting for me to just learn through by osmosis. I think there's something to be said for when, you know, you're, you're a sportsman or, or, or any kind of craft, I guess, being around a person, who has been tempered by certain experiences, you kind of, you kind of get that, that I'm speaking for myself, that, that behavior pattern or that recognition of, uh, of danger or awareness from them just by being around them. I think that's a neat thing about, about things like mentorship and stuff, the way that um, really complex skill sets and things like that can, can be absorbed just from, just from watching somebody, you know? So, so that's been one of the things that I think has, has magnetized me to be your, your, your friend. And obviously we're at your colleague and, and, and hopefully a competent colleague and, and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, an intrigue from like a journeyman standpoint, as far as the crafts that, that, you know, you obviously, um, I don't know if crafts the right word to put, but you know, I don't know what you would call. I would call it a craft. Yeah. I would call it an okay. art. Right, right, right. So, so that's kind of where I'm coming from, and we haven't spoken really much this summer, right? You've been doing. Yeah. I know, I know. I've followed some of your posts, uh, uh, just because I haven't been on Facebook that much, but I, I try to post to Facebook when I post stuff. Um, I know you've been doing guiding, so that's yeah. super exciting. Uh, but anyway, that's just kind of a, a groundwork. So, I mean, geez, man, I, I don't even know where to start. Well, um, I guess, yeah, I think that's a great place to start right there. Do you have a specific question you want to start with? I mean, how you doing? How you doing? I think, I think, I think, I think before, before you feel like you need to uh, answer, I want to tell you something else. And I, I think this was probably okay. something that I left out before I, you know, I probably should have this for the video, but I think it's fair to say, cause it's all good. Um, you know, every time I ask somebody to do one of these conversations with me, because I'm trying to have as many of these good conversations with, with people that are interesting, such that conversations themselves can be good. And interestingly, I get almost one question from everybody, right? The variances aside, everybody asks one thing. And, and I haven't given you the answer to that question. And it's, well, what are you going to ask? What are, what's the theme? What are you interested in? What do you want to know? Right? People want to. People want to. People want to have a level of and, and, and understanding and 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 definite 
uh, definition of what's going to happen. And, and you know what I always say? I'm not going to ask you any any question. Like, I, I don't I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't want to have any specific aim, thematic aim, or or interest in having the conversation other than the conversation itself. Like, I know that yeah. that seems kind of high minded, but I but I really do believe in that. So. Even though it, it leaves the the you know other person at a loss, it le it it, it it's, a, it's a mutual loss. It leaves me at a loss too, and that's fun because then it's like I want you to feel confident or comfortable or or you know, insecure in the knowledge of what we're supposed to say to the point where you can just you know, so. I mean, I have a bunch of questions. All that drag aside. Um, and I could start firing, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any, um, specific, uh, only, uh, picking your brain, you know, feel free, feel free to, to stop me at any time. Okay. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, yeah. How are you? How's climate been going? Yeah, I've been well. I feeling healthy. I'm staying busy with the mountain guiding, as you mentioned, and, um, you know, I've also been finding balance with doing some multi-day river trips on the Lower Klamath over by Happy Camp. And, uh, you know, a theme that's been going on in, in my own thought process is, uh, you know, feeling gratitude for uh, what I do for work. And in particular, being in a, an inspiring place um, being up on the mountain, you know, and, and seeing the stars every weekend and then a sunrise that comes with it. And, you know, it allows for me to be very in tune with the cycles, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And, and, uh, and it's a beautiful space for me to do some introspection. Even though I'm accompanying uh, guests up the mountain um, and... So I just turned 27 a couple of days Happy ago. Happy birthday. I saw that. The 13th, yeah. right? The 13th, yeah. July, July baby. I'm a June baby. So I turned oh, okay. 33 uh, less than a month ago. Well, congratulations, oh, Thank you very much. Happy birthday to you, more proximally. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're summer summer kids, huh? Yes, definitely. Water, water people. Water people so, is right. Yeah, so it's... You know, the neat thing about a birthday is it, it's, uh, it inspires a reflection on a block of time, a year. And that's right. So that's what I was doing. I was looking back, uh, looking back on all the growth and the change and the challenges and the highlights. And um, ironically, I was camped in the very same spot in a, a boulder field uh, where I was a year from that day so really uh, yeah <laughs> but uh yeah you know and I, I think I I'm feeling good about my choices and feeling inspired to continue to want to be my best and uh you know been thinking about future future things you know I, I like having goals because I think it brings uh it brings like a sense of urgency to each moment, making it feel like it's part of something greater. And so, 
yeah, you mentioned that uh, I have a love for the water, um, and I have a love for Nepal. And so, you know, some of these thoughts I've been having is like, well, you know, what am I doing in my free time? I could be learning Nepali and challenging myself, right? But that, I never really, you know, since the last time I was there, I, I, I knew this would be good for me, but I haven't really felt inspired. And so then this, this like creative vision started coming to me of doing a float, um, you know, I think it'd be something like three to, well, it'd probably be a good like month, month and a half um, to float from Tibet to India wow. uh, along the Kali Gandaki. But, you know, that's just, it's like a vague specific, but it's this, uh, this feeling that is inspired when I think about doing this, this idea of a long float across this beautiful place um, and you know one of the things that's going on over there is that it's a third world country that since 1950s when Westerners started coming in which was pretty recently you know, only 70 years ago um, they're like racing to be first world so there's emerging middle class Millennials who speak English very well and have access to the internet um, and are tapped into the global culture and the government there is putting in a lot of infrastructure you know energy projects and given that there's so much uh, steepness of the train and, and water in the Himalayas all the rivers are perfect for hydroelectric projects and very quickly these free-flowing rivers are changing you know something that you and i know living in the states is that's just that's our way of life we've always known dams to be there um so there's a, a bit of a calling in a couple of ways one is you know, to experience these beautiful places um, for personal pursuit sure. but i also feel like you know perhaps perhaps to share this message in some form or another would be to, to do good for something beyond myself. And um, that's so anyhow, so the, the inspiration to, to have focus on the day-to-day -day is returned because yeah. I'd like to go out there uh, in about a year from now. So In a year? Yeah. Okay. There's, as you can tell, there's a lot of uh, research that I still need to do. Um, but the fire is there, you know. Last time I went there, did a ski mountaineering project. Wow. Uh, it took about a year of really? researching every day. Um, and I don't have to do that. But I, since I'm giving so much of myself to something, I would like to really make sure it's focused. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to just go over there and... and kind of go through the motions or something like that you know yeah i hear you yeah i hear you i have so many questions um yeah please go ahead um uh yeah so like firstly 
Well, I, I, I want to ask you all about the ski mountaineering that you already have accomplished. But I want to do that secondarily to uh, asking um, well, the, the joke that first came to mind before the kind of two train of thoughts that I want to take, because I think you know, both people is, you know, God bless you. You're, you got a great plan. You're going to, you're going to plan it out. You're going to give it its due diligence. You're going to, you're going to get the knowledge you're going to need to be able to honor the experience everything you're saying is is resonating so hard and the one thing that came out that made me laugh internally is are you are you dating anybody do you have a relationship at this point because that's uh that's an easy thing to do when you're single dude you know? <laughs> wow that was something i was thinking of talking about because that's also yeah well i mean that's neither here nor there it's it's not it's not super important but I, you know i i do want to i do want to ask because you had told me in short about being at Base Camp Everest. So I know you've been over in that part of the world before. Was that part of the ski mountaineering you did? And just tell me a little bit about the ski mountaineering you did. And then I'd, I'd kind of ask you a little bit about the plans for the boat, but they'd kind of just be big things. But I think that's that's appropriate because as you say, you're early in the in the planning stages. But yeah, um, tell, tell, me about, tell me about ski mountaineering in, in Nepal. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's not a common thing. And the idea came to me, uh, how long ago was it? Gosh, time is a blur. I think it was, well, it was the year before I went out there for the ski mountaineering trip. So three years ago, four years, three years ago, four years ago, I went out there. And this was with uh, the Outdoor Leadership Program here at the University of Ashland. Went out as a group, maybe 15 of us and three instructors. And we trekked around Montesloo. Took three weeks to do that. And then we did uh, a raft trip down the Kalagandaki over towards India, which is what I was referring to earlier. But when I was on that trekking trip, all kinds of inspiration was flowing through me on many levels but uh one that's very tangible is my love for skiing are you able to hear me okay i can hear you fine you're 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 touching on something that resonates with me when you're talking about um you know your passion and and, and your love of skiing so no go ahead i don't mean to i don't mean to um you know stop you okay yeah i know that's great i love sharing that with you um, we like to ski. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm walking around, and I'm seeing many peaks that there's very little information about. They may or may not have been climbed, and definitely nobody skied them. And something about that was appealing to me, I suppose, you know. I, I had these thoughts of when I was young, a uh, young boy, and... I had a very strong desire to be somewhere or in places that no one else has before. You know, and, and remember this is child brain, but I would look at a room and I'd be like, I bet nobody goes to that corner. I'm gonna go stand there just because it's a novelty, not because it's, you know. Um, I hear you. So anyhow, that, that love for novelty and the exploration of something that is unknown was really calling me. And so I got back to the States 
and I was feeling so weird. I just, I guess it was my first time experiencing cultural shock. Um, I had traveled to Europe or something when I was younger, but that's, that's entirely different. Um, so I'm, I'm back in the States and I'm just feeling like a stranger to a place that used to be home. And this idea came to me like, why don't, why don't I commit to that thought I have of going out to Nepal this week? And then all the inspiration started to come back and I didn't feel so confused. I was like, okay, there's something to move towards. And so I, coming back to um, Everest, uh, I looked into that area. I had a lead from um, a very well-known film by Jeremy Jones, where he skied in Nepal. Right. What is it, higher, deeper, faster? Yeah, this one I think is called higher, yeah, because okay. it was up high. Yeah. And um, Was it the spine, was, the spine wall that they went and did? Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. different from what I skied. Um, as far as like terrain but that's crazy dude i've that, seen my whole life those that's so steep and so much vert it's just like oh. yeah that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> but um so i was like okay this is a lead i can work with i looked up the time of year he went and he went in september and i figured well if i find another scheme project in that same area which is Kumbu, which is the Everest area, then um, right. I'll go from there. And so I looked up peaks that uh, have been climbed before, okay. and I came across Mira Peak. And it's for, for you, you have this reference. You could imagine it's something like Mount Shasta, um, Avalanche Gulch. You know, with seven thousand vert. In this case, it was it was more like nine. Um, but basically, the alpine zone starts that transition where the trees end starts up at like fifteen thousand feet. Wow! Wow! And then so the, the summit was twenty one. Still is <laughs> twenty one. Wow. Some change. Might be so, a little higher. No. Yeah. So I was like, hey, this is like pretty similar to what I'm comfortable with here in the states but it's, it's bigger. And so, yeah, I went out there and some interesting things happened. I met, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I went out there by myself and I came across another group and it was a Nepali who has skied Dalaguri. Dalaguri. I've heard of Dalaguri. Yeah, it's spelled very interestingly. It is. I don't know the first thing about it, but I've read of it. You know, D H A L or whatever. There's uh, 14 peaks that are over 8,000 8, meters, and this right. is one of them. You said 14? 14 of them. Yeah. Yep. They're all in the Himalayas or the Karakoram. Yep. So, you know, we, we connected. Um, and we, we initially met down at one of the lower villages before getting on the mountain. And then um, I ended up crossing paths with him again later on the mountain. And 
um, doing a fun ski with him uh, on the way out. And it was pretty neat. I was excited. I was, I was really inspired to come back and keep doing it and maybe guide people out there doing that. But I discovered that there's going to be obstacles. One of them is that this person I met has a relative who is a commissioner in the um, Nepali government. And he talked him into creating a permit for skiing. That's wow. $1,000. That didn't and, exist before. And it didn't exist before, no. And when I, there was some deceit involved. When I first met him, he said, hey, you know, have you heard about the ski permit? I said, no, I haven't. I knew I had to have a climbing permit, a, mount, a general mountaineering permit. And I uh, said, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's this new thing. And I got busted last year getting Dalaguri for not paying for it. Hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. He said, well, it's like a $2,000 permit. And let's split it. You pay a thousand, and I'll pay the other thousand. Right. So obviously, I didn't have a thousand dollars with me on the mountain. So I'm like, okay, I'll meet you back in Kathmandu. When I get back to Kathmandu and I do some research, I go into um, the government place. Yeah, you just ask them, what do I owe you or whatever, huh? Yeah, and I was like, what is this? And they're like, what's ski permit? What are you talking about? And I had to dig. I spent yeah. all day. Um, and eventually I'm talking to the folks who are in the upper part of the Nepali Mountaineering Association. Wow, okay. And they were affiliated with the government? Yeah, the Nepali Mountaineering Association is huge. Yeah, I could believe it. I mean, money maker yeah. for yeah. Nepal. Especially, um, imagine the Everest scene, you know? Yeah, like, right, right. No, it makes sense. All, all the money would go through them or all the permit or whatever. I don't know the exact, but okay, I'm with you. I hear you. Right, so... I'll keep, I'll keep it focused here. I don't want to digress. No, yeah, it's okay. Whatever, whatever. So I get in and I, I get a copy of what it says and I see that it's for, it's only a thousand dollars. And so, yeah, that taught me a big lesson, you know, um, not to, not to speak poorly of a group of people because it's only one person, but there is a, there is this like, habit of folks in Nepal being not the most forthright. Okay, so let me see if I understand the story because I'm not sure I, 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 got, I got it. <laughs> so you met up with these individuals and then ended up kind of palling with them and, and planted a ski and one of them uh, told you that there's this permit that you need to get that was 2000 and give him a thousand and he'd pay the other thousand but yeah. it ended up being after you had found the truth that the, the permit was only 1000 He was just going to jack you for $1,000. Yeah. what you're mm -hmm. saying? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. And yeah. there's more to it. And there's, before I discovered yeah. this, we talked about how I could bring clients from Shasta and he would be like the Nepali fixer. So yeah. We, yeah. Oh, he was a con man. He was, he was just leading you into a, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, about that. Oh, we've got two of those, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and, and so this has kind of left the situation where there's few people who've gone over to the Himalayas to ski and this guy who's got a, 
he's trying to monopolize it all, knows of who I am. So if I were to go over there and ski and want to share it with folks, I would be conned into having to, to pay this $1,000. And, you know, some people say, oh, that's not a big deal. But for me, it kind of is. Like, people will spend $10,000 on a permit to, to go up Everest. That doesn't appeal to me. What appeals to me is the authenticity of the unknown. Right, right. right? Well, well said. That's a beautiful sentiment. So, anyhow. Um, so, the idea of guiding people out there, I don't know. You know, I, I want to go out there and ski again, but I don't know if I'm going to be telling people about it because of this whole situation. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how much of an impasse is that individual? I mean, it's just a guy. It's just a man. Is this well, person somehow here's, here's, representative here's of like an official wing of the government that you can't? He does, yes. That you can't uh, his, circumvent? His uncle. His uncle. And maybe, maybe he's lied to me. Maybe he doesn't actually have an uncle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Just from hearing the story, and I obviously don't know. I'm hearing everything secondhand, thirdhand. So take what I'm about to say with the greatest oh. help, but, but you're nice enough to tell me the story. Like, you know, there's paranoia and there's pronoia, right? Like, don't, right. don't assume that you're already in checkmate unless you're sure. in a check. That's a good perspective. You're right. You're right. Fuck them. Go ski. What are they going to do? <laughs> just don't just, you ever see locked up abroad don't take some fucking opium with you or something and end up in a nepalese prison that's you don't want to be in nepalese prison you want yeah, to be in a nepalese yeah. mountaintop skiing you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if it if it's a thousand dollars to to get rid of them then then that's always in your back pocket but you don't you don't you don't have to you don't have to uh surrender before the fight fuck them thank you for sharing that Devin. you know i haven't i don't really explain this to people and uh, so your perspective is is maybe needed. I appreciate that. Well, that's all I got to share, right? So that's a that's an interesting story. So okay, yeah. uh, this this next um, jaunt is going to be more so uh, central centered around floating and not skiing this time. Are you not going to take your skis? I don't know. I have a decision to make. Yeah, it's a good question, right? Yeah, I. It's not I like you can I'm rent probably- anything at base camp. I'm not that maybe you can, but not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I think I will. I think I'll bring the skis and I think I'll return to where I went last time and climb the adjacent peaks. Cause I know, I know that sweet spot of when to catch it. Which I mean, and uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So, but the floating I think is, is what's motivating me to get back over there. That's interesting. That's been, that's been a change in, in my life this last year or so um you know i what has been a change just floating more what do you mean yeah or boating you know kayaking i I really dove into it and and spent yeah i did yeah dove into it i made a splash there you go (laughs) um and i just been you know that's when i wasn't skiing and working ski guiding or patrolling with you i was pretty much kayaking and uh I don't know, something pretty magical about it. Well, you know, let it be said uh, uh, to, to, to our friend and, and, and late colleague, Leaf. Yes. In the spirit of loving boating and, 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 and enjoying the, the outdoors, you know. So, 
Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, no, no, of course, man. Um, that's super interesting, uh, to hear you, to hear you talk about getting more into boating. Um, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I was going to say earlier, and I think it's fair to, to share because I think that it's, it touches on something, um, uh, kind of deep seated and I don't know if something that you've really conceptualized or maybe you have or, or, or not, but I certainly have, have been with this reality and that being, um, let's say within the community of people that would say, you know, courtship with the unknown willingly is magic. Like the way that you explain that, like, I need to go somewhere that's never, never been occupied or I, 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 I sense this intimacy with chaos or with, with, with nature and in, in its raw form or, or whatever is wild or this weird, like undefinable. Um, but then interestingly, there's a counterpoint and that says, Oh, you love to go. And, 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 and the same question functions in every way that I can apply it. And, and I can give you my take on it in my, in my own, in myself, yeah. my behavior. Okay, so why do we as outdoor recreational enthusiasts, let's say, you know, to be as as neutered as possible to be, you know, to be highfalutin, let's call us, you know, that is to say people that love to ski or snowboard or surf or, or float or climb mountains or, you know, I don't fucking know, uh, uh, I, I was going to say fly airplanes, but that's almost more about the machine, the machine, and the, and and the synergy of technology. Although there's a little bit of that in the rest of things, but anything where you're going out into a place that is, in some sense, a manifestation of the kind of the the whole thing, right? When you when you're in a tornado or something, there's it's it's impossible to not accept the fact that there's something much larger working, and you're just getting to somehow be present for it's acute change so of course you probably feel the same way when you're I do. in a in a snow event or, or or i'm sure you know you you, you evaluate the cfs when you boat right and you're, you're knowing you know how the how the river is is is, you know, is flowing uh, like a like a vein might flow you know faster uh under more force or something so that's that says so there's this yeah. connection to the larger body but the, but the but the critical nature of of a simple of a simple acceptance of one's desire to do those things as I want to go to somewhere wild misses the, the criticism that why do we always go to the same places or why do we go to certain places and what is it about those specific places and then as I ask myself that question because I I I don't just go ski mountains I like I like have have noticed that I ski in very specific places. And is that just a random, is that just because of, of, of practicality or proximity or whatever? Well, sure, there's always that argument, but that's kind of a reductionist argument. It's like, why did you move there in the first place? I would ask myself. And, and a thing that I see that really clearly for myself is what is the way that I surf. And then this is where the beautiful metaphor comes in because I have the answer to it. So the criticism is, oh, are you really just a freedom? Like I'm asking myself now, just to, just to, just to to cement the argument in my head or the, or the or the understanding in my head you know if i'm just a water man let's say well then why don't i just go everywhere and surf why don't i just be on a paddleboard all the time and paddling in the water why aren't one of us sailboat why don't i and and i probably would love all those things but but in looking at my behavior i've gone to very few beaches given the vast 
array of beaches that are within striking distance, let's say, from where I find myself. But I've gone there many, 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 many times. And I've gone to the places right around them several times. And so there's this heat map of where places that have allowed me to evolve, let's say, have, 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 shown, have shown me the way to do that. And there ends up being a real reciprocal relationship that's composed of respect, a healthy dose of fear, a real playful willingness to be right where I know the things are going to be the most dynamic. And and surfing on a reef is a real good way that I could flesh out that metaphor, but I think it it, 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 it holds for places that are rock, you know, boulder fields or, or, or you know, a mountain climb or a mountain to ski, right? Because there's this real um, understanding of the rhythms that has to take, take place to be able to ski in, let's say. Um, and then by a larger kind of metaphorical understanding of that, I find that there's a really meaningful thing when you say things like one of my favorite songs was this, this uh, guy that I just randomly met and he gave me a thing. He was met him in, uh, in Trinity Center. The ocean is a woman. And that's, that's sweet to say, and it's a romantic notion, but it's meaningful. Why is it meaningful? Because when I go surf a specific spot, and again, the same metaphor holds for skiing and climbing and, and, and boating. I think you can just mix and match the, the cookie cutter outline of logic. But the way that I've been able to surf proficiently, I'm no great surfer, but I can go out and surf and be safe. And it can be, you know, high risk and high, you know, reward and, 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 you know, waves of consequence, you know, I wouldn't go pedal out and double overhead pipeline right now, but, you know, but I would watch it for a week and then go out on a small day. Like I, I can manage myself. So what is that? It's, it's a relationship that I have with, with somebody other than my wife. Like it's, 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 it's a relationship with a place. Yes. I know it. I know it so well that I've, by virtue of the fact that I've seen it in, in all of or many of its moods. See what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and I just find that that's, to, that's so understandable when I start to look at the lens of the way that I've, you know, you're, you're talking about your journey and it's beautiful. You, 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 you know, you're, you're a competent skier. I saw you learn to AT, but you're getting into boating. You're, you know, you're, you're obviously into mountaineering and climbing and skiing. And now you're talking about one particular place on the planet that just needs your presence. And it's so interesting to hear that because I can resonate with that very, very meaningfully in a, in a place that not a lot of people that I, let's just say, not, not, not a lot of people in population, I don't fucking know how many people uh, behave like this, but I know in my circle, let's say, or in some of my circles, it's hard to have this conversation. People, I think, all understand it, but unless you're actively pursuing that in your life, unless you're going and honoring a place, like, like, like in your schedule, it's hard, it's hard to communicate that fact. And, and I do the same thing. And how do I do it? Okay, well, I go to Three Mile and I surf. And I go there when I know the swell's peaking. I go there when I know the tide's right. I hope to be there when the wind changes and it's offshore and it's good. I, I, I have... I have had, like, and this is not my conceptual model. This is a truism. And it's my metaphorical attempt to understand the truism. And the, how, do I, how do I go so far as to make that, that claim? Because anybody that has ever done anything like this will make the same claim from their own perspective. People talk about, 
dating a, 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 a certain surf break or, you know, the love of the mountains or, you know, somebody who's a more aggressive uh, framer of reality, let's say, or, 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 or a conservatively minded person might say they did battle in the mountains and they conquered it or whatever. Well, sure. But it's still, it's still this relationship that was had yes. that was, that was powerful. So, so that's the way that I come to terms with like, because, because if I don't have that deep level of understanding of my own behavior on these things that I know are powerful, these things that I know manifest, like me into evolving into a better way, the things that I know every single time I do them, I'm glad I did it. I, I, they're good. Can't say that about a lot of shit in life, in my opinion. No. You right. don't have you don't have a, your favorite food even, and every single time it's like that was no. Sometimes you go to your favorite restaurant or you make your perfect meal, and it's like ah, I fucked it up. But every single time I surf, I'm like, you know, that's awesome. I don't know, like you know, and that's maybe even a little bit unfair because we all have bad times doing stuff sometimes. But but I think you get my point. So yeah, I do get having, your point. Having that like like weird, almost like paganism you know, in the face of like the, the rationale of, you know, a, a good understanding of, of the Abrahamic religions, like this still like understanding of the presence of God, if you will. And, and I don't mean to make a religious statement, but just speaking to it in other terms, you know, we can have it be um, secular in the way that like AA talks about a higher power or something like this uh, makes the pursuits worthy of their salt against the argument from a rationalist that might say something like why are you going and surfing you friggin beach bum you know oh what you want to go to nepal what are you a millennial you know you're gonna, you're gonna eat some avocados while you're over there and it's like like you know well hold on give me 15 minutes to enunciate and articulate the the the, the reason why i feel like doing these things justified but it's like i recognize that i don't have the opportunity to do that with everybody yeah you know? It's, it's, I think it's impossible to convey what you experience other than to tell someone that it's a sacred process. That's well said. What was that? I said, that's well said. Ah, uh, yeah. But I mean, that's the beauty of sharing these things with folks, you know, because then they for themselves can experience the beauty of that process of like, entering the flow state and uh, developing that intimate connection with a place. Isn't that weird that the, the places do it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's something significant about that. You know, it's not, it's not this, this more Apollonian, you know, Western model of the self does all things through its experience of you know neutered externalities but that's not you know the, the material world of manipulatable agents but it's like is that really what's happening or or is there are these are there are there existential realities outside of the self that are what allows the self to express into into more self, like into into the future representations of that self, like the, the way the DNA gets lit up and and you know, it's expressed is by go. Like I heard a good one, and it was uh, race or or genetics is the interaction of genes and geography. It's like oh, that's a trip. What was that last thing about genes? 
that genetics can be looked at, you know, we all say, okay, nature, nature or nurture, or, you know, what genetic markers do we have or what, 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 you know, anatomical thing, you know, all that kind of shit. I never thought about it this way. And, and you know, or rather I read it and it took me a long time to, to kind of get this idea in my head. And that is genetics can be looked at as the interplay between, between genes, like the, the actual stuff of, of the code and geography. Oh, and the environment. Right. But, yeah. I, but I like geography because it elicits in my, in my brain topography as opposed to society. Like, I think, I think one's naturalistic environment has a greater degree of effect on the genetic presentation of the individual than social settings do like we all get traumatized by people more so than we get inspired to be greater versions of ourselves by social settings in the way that we do in the natural world i feel like it's 80 20 both ways right because even if you're if you're going to find a good mentor or mentor somebody as you say i think the, the nature of that is more so like uh that bruce lee thing of of you know look to the moon and it's like you know, and don't look at my finger, don't look at your finger, right? Like the moon's out there, or, you know what I mean? Like, like, as you say, showing somebody the opportunity to have experiences that will allow them to grow, as opposed to be like, grow, like grow, like you're doing it wrong, yeah. Do it, grow this way. Right, well, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can I, can I um, reinterpret that? Please do. So, yeah, I think what, what's happening when we share these places with people, especially if there's some sort of activity involved, is we're demonstrating how it's possible to stand aside and get out of our own way. And in that moment, we channel life. And... Usually they're fleeting moments, but they're substantial. They, they're something that folks can reflect on and find inspiration through and feel a sense of peace. You know, because I think so often folks who are struggling with, uh, in one way or another to, to find and maintain happiness is because their thoughts are obstructing that natural state of just observing things as they are. And it's like this, people call it the ego, and it's, it's helpful to refer to it as that, but it, it feeds itself. You know, thoughts of fear or regret. Um, you know, I think each time you have that thought, it's like the, the roots go a little deeper. And so the real work is, is experiencing these moments and getting a glimpse of our natural state and using them as references. And so coming back to your, your fantastic point about a sacred place is it, when we do that, we come to it with an intention. Uh, 
some of us more than others, but the idea is we're setting time aside at the very least to have a moment. And uh, so that's, you know, I think it's neat that someone like yourself uh, and myself gets to, to share that with people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, uh, you know, I think there's, there's, there's so much good to be done in that avenue, let's say, of being able to be coaches and guides and mentors and, 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 and teachers in any function uh, outdoors and, and so forth. And the thing that I think tempers my, you know, my mentality from just unfettered, you know, and mania and trying to go around and do that as much as possible is I've recognized the capacity for real raw sacred experience, if you will, you know, if we're going to go so far as to say these places are our sacred space, I agree. Raw sacred experience can burn, you know, it's, 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 it's deep, it's difficult to integrate. Um, and I recognize that I, you know, for whatever reason, like to go very much into the, that fugue state. I, I've never heard of it called, I never heard it called that before until I just watched a beautiful roundtable conversation between a bunch of comedy actors, several of which I, I know you would know. I, I, I was just watching, I put it on my YouTube and it's just brilliant. There's Sasha Baron Cohen, um, um, who's the other one that's really super duper famous, uh, Jim Carrey, uh, Henry Winkler, Ted Danson, and they're just talking, and, and, and two other guys who are, are pretty acclaimed. Uh, comedic actors and just talking and um, Jim Carrey was because the real the real table was Jim Carrey opposite Sasha Baron Cohen kind of the new genius of comedy relative this old just master right Jim Carrey having just transcended the heights of comedic acting right to to kind of redefine it right to redefine slapstick humor in a way that was soulful and and deeply representative and and, and all of these kinds of things uh, and so he called it a fugue state. I've heard flow state, we've all heard flow state, and there's a lot of truth to that with how we're able to function quicker and more effectively in the moment. Time dilates, if you will, you know. I've, we've all experienced it, at least I, I hope everybody's experienced it. I, I, you know, I think as an athlete, you, you recognize that the ability to, to go there willingly or, or let's say hold the, the moment as wide or as long as you can is, is, is really the goal, especially in, in really time sensitive, um, you know, competitions. Uh, but Fugue State really, um, as well, encompassed the, the recognition of the flow state as being one in which no new memories are formed. So, and which is also true, if you've ever really thought about it. Uh, he's, and, 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 Jim, and so when he said it, it was funny. It came on with a little like closed captioning, like box in, box in, and it defined fugue state in the, in the video because it knew it was going to be a, it probably, you know, I don't know if it's some fucking link to how many people searched it or something in proximity to that video dropping, but, or, but they define it. And uh, the way Carrie described it after Cohen was, because, you know, Carrie kind of wanted the respect that he was due, and there was an interesting kind of interplay between them, but, but they're all class acts, and, and Sasha was, was going something to the effect of like, yeah, 
you were just electricity on the stage. You were just a, a nerve. It's like, you know, when you watch Jim Carrey do something in Ace Ventura, he's not doing something. He's, he's, he's just, he's, he's in the doing of the thing, right? And, 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 and um, he talked about waking up after it. And then fugue state was things that you come back from and don't remember. And I, I not only have heard enough anecdotes from people that I know have experienced it at the high level where they've described it to the best of their ability, but I've also now started collecting different references to it. And uh, yeah, super interesting. Um, and, it, and it hints at so many different neuro, neurological truisms. Uh, you know, like you can flesh out the idea and that, because the interesting thing about flow state is it has a valence. It has a, it has an existential positive nature to it. Unless somebody's just, I don't know, like I, I can't think of a degree to which somebody could be on, well, I guess I could. A soldier, you know, be in a, in a flow Let's say if they've been programmed or whatever you want to say, the way in which a, you know, a training program can then run on autopilot. But at least let's say this, Somebody who is in their right mind and, and, and of good moral founding, you know, foundation, yeah. in, inside of a fugue state, inside of a flow state, that person is going to do more good. Like, in, in, to the degree of which you could, you could accept the premise that, you know, a, a beautiful dance is an something purely aesthetic done well, you know, like... You know, it's a hard thing to argue to a reductionist, right? Like the the, the existential value of art. It's like, mm. you know, but it's got to feel it to know it. Yeah, but anybody with any fucking sense, you know, no matter how founded in 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 rationalism or academia, like gets it. So it's this weird thing where we all have that place for that, but unless we articulate it clearly, it's so easily discounted as a waste of time. So, um, I just, I, I. Uh, I am super intrigued with fugue state, flow state. Uh, that was a real central driving force in my intellectual development, you know, self, self-reflective process of growth was really trying to get my head around that. And I've come up with some real valuable findings in my attempt to, to walk the walk, if you will. It's always one thing to talk the talk. I could sit here and write you a fucking essay about it and be the number one expert on fugue state in the world. And I have Google, you know, but to walk the walk is a different fucking deal. So what I've found is there's a really objective set of measurable, if a person's going to be honest enough with themselves, metrics for achieving an ability to be in fugue state longer. And I wonder if you would agree with this. Um, okay, yeah. And I've, I've heard it articulated by Jordan Peterson to name drop. He's a clinical psychologist. He's a really interesting um, personality to listen to. He has, he has hundreds of hours of content online. He's a, he's a, he was for, for a couple decades a practicing clinical psychologist. He's a lecturer in University of Toronto and he's gotten kind of international acclaim because he's uh, been in a political spat, let's say, uh, in Canada. And I won't say speak more on it than that, but, but in any case, he talks about through his practices of, of clinical psychology, and then he lectures on stories from uh, the Bible and, and 
the archetypal stories of like Pinocchio. He's a very interesting guy to listen to. Um, take it with a grain of salt. You know, I'm not I'm not selling his books or anything. So so I don't give a fuck. But what's his uh, name? I, I, his name's Jordan Peterson, okay. and some of his shake he goes by he has his middle letter. So Jordan B. Uh, Peterson. But in any case, what he what he talks about, he just wrote he he wrote a book called Maps of Meaning. Very dense fucking book. I'm, I I was reading that. I got about halfway through on audiobook. But then he just wrote one called Twelve Rules Twelve Rules for Life. Um, he's been on a lot of podcasts, and he he uh, has like tens of millions of of uh, you know of, of a of a social media kind of form. In any case, I don't want to get too too much into into the minutia of describing Jordan B. Peterson beyond the fact that he presents the idea of there being just a few foundations on top of which the ability to go into higher levels of effectiveness is possible. Kind of a, kind of a Tony Robbins idea. And that is the recognition of state and the importance of state and the importance of being able to manifest one's own state. How do we change our own state willingly? Well, that's a fucking difficult thing. It takes radical responsibility for the self. Yeah. 100% accountability. And, and that's something that we lack in synthetic environments. Mm. But interestingly, to our earlier point, natural environments have them as an intrinsic fact. If a person is not responsible for themselves on a slippery rock in Monterey when there's swell surging up at high tide, that person's going to kind of learn real fucking quick. If a person doesn't have personal responsibility in a, in a mountain environment, you know, when there's a foot and a half of new snow and they're on a super steep slope and they're in a run out, you know, and they're, and, you know, God forbid, but I mean, that person will learn about snow safety, you know, and I know that me on, on, on you know, back in trip and I was the ding dong on that trip, if I could go so far as to say that, but, but, um, you know, I still take it very seriously. So, so that's an interesting thing to me. And that is, you know, it's, it's, it's very functional, and, and righteous and meaningful and, 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 and worthy of being communicated to the, to the less experienced among us, this ability to function in fugue state and flow state. And, 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 and then the, the, the way in which we can have that be a greater part of our own lives, I speak from, from really working hard to do this for myself, is a, is a moral stance that, that the self ha has a real not only like appreciation of the honesty of it, like you can't, I can't lie to myself, right? I can't say right. I'm, I'm, I've done things that I haven't done or I've, I haven't done things that I have done. So like a, like a, like an honesty with the self and others, it goes, it goes without saying that just being able to take one's own word very seriously, you know, of course that's its own, but, but this, this, and I, I it's kind of under the, the umbrella of a moral ending that is, you know, um, acceptable for the self. And, you know, interestingly, I learned that part of that is comprised of successful negotiation. So I think that, I'll, that you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, let's say in the throes of a sick society, if I can be so busy, have forgotten the real virtue of, of healthy negotiation if not with other people for fear of argumentation or confrontation with the self, I need to be in better shape. I should run two miles in the morning. Yeah, but am I, do I want to run two miles in the morning? I could do 10 push-ups in the morning. Uh, do I really want to do that? I could take a cold shower and then I could walk. I like, okay, I'm going to do a cold shower. So this, this ability to not be the, to not be an archetype that is like, that is like ineffective with the self, but to be multiple archetypes that together can move us towards 
towards more effective conduct. And I think that that's really a helpful way of starting so that I've gotten to this place of being able to negotiate a level of conduct that is at once noble enough and accomplishable for me to be content. Now, the next level, of course, in, in terms of like jacking myself up would be to be inspired. And I think you, you touched on, you know, finding agreements with, with the self that allow you to be inspired, which is, of course, even a higher expression. And that's, and that's fantastic. Interestingly, as well, you know, to just play the other pole, you know, I, I think when we go towards I'll just speak for myself. When I am inspired, I notice that there is a propensity as well to be disappointed as opposed to being functionally um, present. Then the, then the antithesis, let's say, is, is less drastically of a, valence, of, a, of, a, of a valence that is negative. If I'm just present and consciously present, I can just be slightly aloof or 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 inconvenienced in such a small way that is that it's to be forgotten so the ability that i find that's meaningful is to be able to to meter my own inspiration use it when it is appropriate share it in ways that are healthy because i really struggled with this for a long time and that being i have these great inspirations that I just want to fucking scream off the rooftops. You guys all have to go surf. You all have to do this. You all have to do that. I know it. I know you have to do it. You have to. And nobody gives a fuck, number one. No. Everybody has their own perspective and point of view sure. and everybody's in vastly different places of so many different journeys and, 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 and vectors that it's almost impossible to ever fully understand one another. I think he's touched on something super interesting before and that was, and you're, you're very terse and, 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 and able to be provocative with a few words and I appreciate that because I'm often on the other side of the spectrum and you said something like, uh, uh, oh God, what did you say? I've lost my train of thought. Um, well, I got myself excited, so now I, I, I ran off the rails, but I'll take a breath. Um, yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I guess I remember what I was going to say. Uh, I can't remember what I was getting to with what you had said that, that had me connecting the dots, but just that I've realized that my, my invitations have to be given explicitly to allow me to perform, to allow me to show up, to allow me to, 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 to RSVP. And, and that's helped me a great deal being able to be as much out of my own way as possible. And uh, yeah, you said we were saying something about, oh, that's what I was going to say. So you said something about the, 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 the nature of words being almost almost implicitly a misrepresentation of just period that's well said yeah you know what i'm saying like like as yeah. soon as we're in word space we're not in experience space yep and experience i mean you know a lot of animals don't use words right they might use just vocalizations so i don't know i think that that's fascinating and i you know am am Trying to to stay morally upright to the best of my ability, give okay. Here's a, you know training myself physically such that I can deal with the physical trials and tribulations of the path, if you like, and then staying in my lane, 
something that I really struggle with, but doing that to the, to the best of my ability. And uh, yeah, you know, interestingly, there, there seems to be this really nebulous concept that I've been trying to flesh out recently, and I find it to be almost the most meaningful of any of them because I can connect them to some, I can connect this, this thought, you know, ball, if you like, of just, of just light to some really important parts of my understanding of the world, you know, if you, if you, if you accept the premise that we all have mental maps, but the map is not the territory, you see, we all have menus, you know, we all have neurological firings, the representation, you know, represent the, the, the meal that we can eat, but the, but the meal is, the, rather the, the menu is not the meal, right? Um, right. And that is, so we've touched on fugue state and, and going to different places, you know, and, and, and like novel experience or even, even experiencing the mundane in a novel way. Like you talk yeah. about going to a, to a place where nobody else is such that you can have, you know, because, and that's not arbitrary, right? Like if you're somewhere where somebody hasn't been in the room, you're going to see the room in a different way than anybody else has seen it. And that's, yeah. that's a meaningful thing, right? Because things yeah. have this weird three-dimensional reality where the different, different way you look at a thing changes that thing. That's a trip, right? That's a, that's a great point, Devin. I, I think it's, it's an ordinary moment that became special. Yeah. Yeah. I feel and, and that's part of the lesson as an athlete is to embody that same level of mindfulness in each moment. Right. right. So everything is sacred. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think I think that that's really, you know, I'm, I was trying to, to articulate that that last point of the foundations on top of which, you know, that higher functioning is effective and you just articulated it better than I could. And, that, and but the way that I've and, and it because it's because it's synonymous with the sacred, because sacraments and all religious group behavior patterns are, are, are ways of trying to elicit this, this, this symbol or this function or this, this representation that is evocative of when it happens in real life, however, however, um, however autonomous or random. And, and that is to me, this concept of space and, and time. So what is space? Well, space is more nebulous than I think a, a person who is firmly Western rationalist reductionist and not just, you know, a day tripper or in any sense informed by an Eastern, um, you know, methodology and thinking about the world or, or some measure of mysticism or, or even an orthodoxy of religion. Um, but that person misses the fact that we can go to a great length defining things and building these beautiful pursuits like chemistry and material sciences and engineering and and medical you know science and these things that have undoubtedly moved us out of just primitive expressions of ourselves and into this potential of just you know a utopia in a lot of certain a lot of senses okay but that but that dominion over the natural world misses the sacred manifestation capability of just of nothing 
of utter nothing, mm. nothingness mm. for the sake of nothingness. Mm. But how? Do, but how does one conceptualize and then transmit the idea of nothingness? Well, it's, I can do it a couple different ways, and I can do it in a couple of different really trippy ways that then that then still uphold the the. And I've I've already got different representations that are popping into my brain. The, the original premise of, of space, of sacred places, of, of fugue state and flow state and an evolution occurring in sacred places, of the ability of giving sacred places to other people, of the sacred place being a nothing, a place that is to be experienced, that, that its true nature is that it is it does not have anything in it. And what is it? It's the cup, the grail. It's the cup of, of Christ. It's 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 the it's space in Newtonian physics that is only defined by a moving observational window. Well, the, if the window moves by virtue of different points of space, then 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 the space inside of that window is existentially different. Well, here's the mindfuck. Well, what if we appreciate the fact that general relativity has good tenets in that? If we're on Earth, well, Earth is is rotating. Earth is also tilting at a on a on an oblique or whatever, right? It's also eccentric in in its in its yeah. thing. It's also fucking rotating around the the sun. The sun arguably is also moving in the way that the full Milky Way is right. spiraling. The the Milky Way is also moving away from some kind of central point that we have a lot of thoughts about. Who knows what the what the what the inertia is was prior to this one event that we seem to to, to see from the you know the spreading out of, of matter in our in our universe from from the observations of our night sky. So there's so many vectors and, and forces of movement that the space that's occupying between my hands or around you now is not changing. It's unknowable. And the reason why I think the fact that it is it, it is unknowable, and I and the and and the reality that I can't articulate that well enough does not make me less confident. And I recognize that confidence is is you know wise words before a fall or whatever. That that this is a truism, because I recognize that my deeper attempts to understand it lead me to larger bodies of knowledge that I didn't know were already there. Right. The, the cup is meaningful because it's what accepts the cup of Christ and then it, and then and then the the chosen imbibe it like that's a fucking heavy set of symbolism if you really try to understand it at once it's like pagan cannibalism but in another way it's it's the the animating force of the one righteous expression of the human experience is is held and given and accepted through the most humble of, 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 of things. And the thing is the thing that holds n n all things. Well, what the fuck is that? Well, it's the planet, it's the realm, it's the, it's the natural world. It's the place that we go to that holds us. It's the place that, that, that all the natural forces cycle through. It's the place that, that weather, it's, it's, the, it's the beach with the waves. It's the mountain with the snow. It's the river with the water, obviously. So what is that? And then what is it in human, what is it in human terms? Well, it's the, it's the ability to share nourishment. It's that I can go to the river and boil water, and now we have fresh water, and that's in the cup. It's the food that we've gathered and that we've cleaned, and it's in the cup. It's, it's, so 
so the thing that I've found that's a meaningful way of understanding that at, at once, real quickly for me, and, th and this is something I keep returning to because I think it points to uh, symbolic representations of, of, of sacred realities as being really fascinating to me because they're, because they, like I've always been drawn to Dungeons and Dragons. I never played Dungeons and Dragons because I was a little bit after the dice roll generation, but video games and role-playing games and this idea of moving through a mythic, fantastical world effectively. Well, how do you do it? You need your fucking health potions. You need your badass weapon. You need your defense from the elements. You need your shield. You need to upgrade your armor, right? Well, what is that? Well, it's fucking obvious, you know? Your shield, your, 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 your protection is, is your upright behavior. You know, your accountability, your innocence, your respect, right? We all know on a certain level that if we, if we behave in a certain way, if we, if we uphold certain levels of, of righteous conduct, we, we're, we're kind of immune to a lot of, of shit that could potentially come at us if we welcome that through wicked behavior. I mean, that's just a, a, a fact of life. And, and, you know, to what degree we can talk about the, the physics of that, you know, I, I can't say, but, but, the, but the existential reality of that is true for anybody who's lived a life. So, you know, there's this call to moral accountability, but more so there's a call to the appreciation of the life-giving nature of experience, raw experience, and then the call to the wisdom and, and necessary skill set through which we can hold on to those experiences and then share those experiences with, with, the, with the future, you know, with, with, the, with the next people to come to those experiences by their own inspiration, by their own sacred nature of, of you know, of the ability to, to inform themselves about, the, I mean, however, I, you know, you can, you can, you can articulate that. So, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, you know, struggle with these things because I'm trying to be able to hold them more effectively you know without without dropping because because it, it it takes on you know having to carry the cup it takes on you know having the sword of of, of truth right the the armor of of right and and yeah man it's it's heavy i've been thinking a lot about this kinds of stuff and for me in my journey it's been coming back to the family um you know in the way that AA gets people on the right path by making amends. I think that there's a lot of wisdom to that because I think the foundation of, you know, on top of which the house of, 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 of sacred experience is built, you know, is, is good relationships, you know? And so that, that was, was the point at which when I, when I kind of had, had gotten my fitness to where was a critical threshold that then I could look, look, look further into the future of, of things that I wanted to accomplish the the um you know my life in in the way that i started treating myself and others started improving then when i decided to start making amends i realized that okay friendship is not this thing to be managed as a you know relationships in general as a potential inconvenience it's this tree it's this tree of fruit and if i water it enough if i give it what it needs if i fertilize it at the right time if i if i honor the plants of the connections that i have with people then things happen 
you, you yeah. made a statement of interesting things happen. And I get yeah. that that was a weighted statement because there is this mystic, magical, weirdly synchronistic, uh, extraordinarily high density potential energy in 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 space and space helps people and relationships and interactions and it's one thing to see it. it's another thing to try to understand it and then to get a handle of, of 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 what it means and how it happens it's a it's a whole other thing to try to enter into those things willingly uh and manifest them it's a whole other thing to manifest them well and do them with intention as you say i think that that's a word that gets thrown around without do regard because intention is not something that is even easily written, let alone produced and sustained. You know, intention is, I would argue, itself a sacred existential reality yes. outside of the self. It's something that can be recorded and played with and, and honored and you know, prayed to for, for those of us with like addiction or something like to just be able to have intention to just be able to like in the mind of like a heroin addict going, I just want to not want to do this. Stuff. You know what I mean? So, so while I recognize the profundity of true intention, I think it would be a miracle if, if all of us for even one day could be illuminated to even the depths of our own intention for one day, one whole day, I think, to just be raw connected to the honest, deepest levels of one's own intention would be an extraordinarily hellish and heavenly experience. I think the poles of it would go so up and down so hard because, and that's what DMT and things like this do, uh, I would argue further. Um, and to just have, just have three minutes of that, to just have four minutes of that, is a trial by fire of the soul to, to, to honor its own presence in existential sacred space with respect to intention and honor and truth and relationships. And I mean, that's heavy shit, you know? And that's why I think that we can illuminate one another. And that's why I love these conversations because it's hard to not see and feel where one another is at on these kinds of conversations, isn't it? So I appreciate you, you know, taking the time. I, I uh, you know, am no closer to the goal. I just try to hold myself from losing my orientation in sacred space as much as possible. You ever see Beverly Hills um, Ninja with Chris Farley? It's so funny. You got to see that movie. There's a scene and it's Chris Farley at the height of his comedic powers. And he, the premise is that him and the guy who acted, he, he acted in um, Jungle Book. He was Mowgli in Jungle Book in the live action film 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. And they're all, they're all in, the, in the dojo, you know, the masters at the front, and they're all, you know, bowed on, on, on bended knee, let's say, and they're meditating. You know, and it's, it's, it's implied, I'm sure, that they've had training or whatever. Yeah. And, then the the clip is that they're on the astral plane and it's just it's the same room everybody's sitting in the same exact way but you know they're all heads bowed or whatever but they're now in clouds it's a beautiful sunset and they're on on some kind of level there 
And then at Chris Farley, who has as well been raised by these people, but he's Chris Farley, right? Like, uh, is is in the same vista, except he's just like, wow, he's just fucking like, like just tumbling, just doing, just, you know, just, and he's like still aware and like, and like hearing the conversations and like, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's hilarious. So I think just that is a helpful place to evaluate myself from and I find that I then if I if I honor my capacity for example to send towards the the mania side of behavior distribution I'm very difficult a person to keep down for too long morose uh depressed those kinds of things not to say that I haven't been depressed we all have and I certainly probably have struggled with more than a fair degree of people depression that is but I but I find I'm more easily revved up than I am down let's say so what's the fucking point of me bringing that up well the point is when i enter into the interactions that i find myself in standing and the willingness to, to take responsibility for that i'm able to hold more space let's say you know in the way that i'm saying that just holding space in and of itself dilating that moment of few state that 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 current expression uh is is easier for me and also i think more inclusive because i think that intention even while difficult to commune with fully in the self is even then more difficult for the other to interpret uh uh correctly effectively okay because if, if I'm holding a number behind my back, let's say, but I don't even know what it is all the time, that's my premise, then how the fuck are you gonna guess it, you know? So then we have to come to intention, in my opinion, at, from a different place, if we're gonna actually understand its nature. And I think that there is a real communion with, you know, these concepts of surrender or, and none of them get it quite right, I think, in, in words, as we have already said, right? Words are just not, they're not there, you know? There is the, 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 the um, uh, experience of, of, of space. Well, how do you experience space? Well, you move freely. Well, how do you move freely? Well, you move in a way that is animated by deeper energies than the conscious, let's say, rational, let's say, logical mind. If you can move in a way that transcends the logical mind, that that's weird. How the fuck do you do that? So, you know, I'm just interested in, in these kinds of things. And uh, I think that the call of interest then becomes a call to effectively share. And it's interesting because I think that somebody who hasn't been, let's say, initiated in the ways of ski mountaineering or something might ask the question. I, I, I haven't to a great degree, but I wouldn't ask the question, but I think I could speak for somebody with less experience skiing. It's like, well, why don't you just go ski? Why are you concerned with guiding? Why, why is it an important thing to you to be able to share this experience? But I think, I, and, and I've run into this with surfing. I, I, part of my surfing journey is that I like need an apprentice. And that sounds extraordinarily pompous to say, but there's a, but there's a, there's a, there's a, that it, it's very meaningful to say, and it's true. Not that not specifically that I need an apprentice, but that being anybody who's reached a level of acumen in any worthwhile endeavor has to go through a period of of taking on an apprentice to, to then 
you know, a, a mastery of, of it. And, and as everybody's talked about that, right? Teaching something helps you learn it, you know, articulating something fully and hearing, hearing us say it helps to, to, to deepen the understanding of it. It's all, it's all, it's all true. Um, so yeah, I hear that like you, 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 you are interested in transmitting these, these, you know, um, experiences of climbing mountains and skiing. Well, frankly, I, I, I would be a person that would love to do that with you. So look no further, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I certainly feel that way in my life too. And isn't it frustrating to, to not find the right people or to, or to have somebody that you want to teach or want to get stoked on something and just be like, like they just don't want to do it or, or worse, like they don't like it. Right. Like, oh, like that's deflating, you know, it's like, fuck. Well, I, that's the very reason I do a lot of what I do alone. But it's just because I'm patiently waiting for what feels like the right thing. I hear you. I hear you. I don't want to just talk your ear off, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's, I've been enjoying this. I am. Um, I... I've recently met someone that I think could satiate that desire to share these moments with as an apprentice and a friend and a lover. Um, so that's, it's been interesting. I alluded to that at the beginning of this. I don't know how long ago that was. Um, right. Yeah. Let's uh, see how much time we get. Uh, it won't tell me the time. I'm going to pause it real quick. Oh yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Go ahead. I got I'm not gonna pause it. I'm gonna keep it going. What? I said I was gonna pause it. I can't see no. the time bar. It doesn't um, matter. But I won't pause it. Yeah, I'm saying just keep it. <laughs> I'm interested to hear. Yeah, I was gonna tell you how long ago it was that we started, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I invited her to come to Nepal with me on this next project, and um, she seems very excited about it. But we'll see. She's. She's also about to move to Antarctica to work down there for six months. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. I'm very excited for her. But it's, it'll be an interesting chapter for us. Let's see. Hollow Earth, dude. You got to tell her to, to see where the, 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 you know, the entrance is. She's speaking through the vortex. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just see, just see if you can hear the echo. Just have her go, echo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she knows I'll be thinking of her. But uh, anyhow, yeah, man, how about, um, would you be interested in like reflecting on some of the thoughts that came up on this and possibly revisiting these ideas? I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to. I think I, I, uh, the first podcast we had, or I, I, I did, or I, I facilitated, whatever you want to say, was with Tristan Haggard. He's my buddy from UCSC, and he's, uh, he's kind of doing his own thing. I could talk about what he's in, into, but he's got a big following on, on YouTube, like, like tens of thousands of people. Um, we're, we're, we're roommates, and, and, you know, again, in the same way, we, we and he, he and I have good conversations. And uh, we're, my point being, we're already going to have a second one. So... To be able to have several of these where, you know, I have recurring conversations, I think is really healthy because that's, again, kind of honor. Like, the thing that's so cool about 
the internet now as it's maturing, I think, is that people are, are showing, and this is another thing that I've just taken from somebody else. I, I didn't conceptualize this out of nothingness. I, I, I recognized that somebody else recognized this and then learned it. The long form content is the more fire shit because, I mean, I don't know why because, uh, but, but I, I can speak for myself. I, when I'm gonna do something, let it be working out or, or doing some time. You know, that's kind of a weird way of saying it, but I appreciate being able to listen to a long form conversation. It's just better than watching the news. It's better than watching the fucking commercials. It's just commercials are like, ah, just like louder, flashing lights, everything's, loud, you know, it's, it's all about numbers and money. And, and then it's, it's fantastic to see the, the, the dark contrast between media like that and then consuming media that's just honestly a representation of real experience. So I just can watch surf videos all fucking day long. Even though they're short bits, I'm just so plugged in. Well, podcasting, oh, is that all right? Did you drop it? No. Uh, oh. Some people are just so mindful. Uh, that's all right, that's all right. Clang in it. That's the, in in Greek restaurants. You say "opa." They break hey. it on purpose. Yeah, it sounded you, like it, didn't it? When you when you <laughs> eat and you have some fucking have some amuzo or 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 uh, what is it, reki or reiki or um, raki? I think I forget the, the. There's another liquor. You take plates and just fucking smash them. Where he goes, "opa." Then you keep eating. Dancing. Uh, yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. Sure. Yeah, you you were just saying that um, you'd like to to have another one, revisit. Oh, right. Well, yeah, because these long-form conversations uphold the sanctity, let's say, of 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 something that's almost unspeakable because, like, I, I touch on the news as being not a good representation of it, but just humanity. It just upholds what conversation is. Like, what is conversation? Like, so often, you know, we've all, we've all heard it. I think, or read it, we, we so often listen to respond instead of listen to, to hear. And whatever for whatever reason, I think that podcasting is the antithesis to that. I think it's, and if not podcasting, like go do a podcast because then you can find your voice. It's like, well, that may be, but, but also just, just having honest conversations. I don't know to what degree recording them affects the content. I don't think so. If anything, it makes it better because I feel like it's just, it's just putting kind of kind of like like painting lines on the dodgeball court so that it's really fun and nobody you know uh nobody has to worry about the sides being you know uh that just gets lost so often in daily life i mean i know you live a pretty outdoor centric life but so often i think we go to the the office and are in the car and everything's just chopped and given to us in small bits but something beautiful about just a actual long conversation so i appreciate you taking the time i know we're, we're all over the place um uh, uh you know i uh, uh so you know i appreciate you being in a public space so ne- next time it might be better if we're both somewhere where you can spread out and get into it and and a fun thing too is to be able to have a phone with google if you want to be able to you know pull pull other media you know whether it's maps or or i mean I don't know, um so that'll be fun because yeah i have a lot of stuff that i'd love to share and and we can get into it i don't shy away from a lot of topics that was the thing that i had learned i told you from the second podcast that was kind of frustrating we had this beautiful conversation 
and and me and me and a friend uh, this is before this one obviously and then he wasn't happy with the thing that had happened with it that he had said and i you know I'm, i come on at a certain level, the, the first amendment protection has to be a, a, a one that holds water but but again you know he didn't want me to post it so i didn't so i'm glad that we don't have to or that at least to whatever degree i can try to avoid that from happening we're, we're taking those steps so um thank you very much i think it was fun i think it was a good conversation i feel like i kind of talked a little bit. i tend to do that so thank you for listening and and uh yeah let me know when you'd like to have another another talk man uh let's do it yeah i'm looking forward to looking over it and and uh, gleaning out some of the pearls there and working with it so thanks for the reflection my pleasure man i will talk to you soon thank you so much okay take care all right later bye